Chapter Fourteen of Marjorie Dean, High School Freshman by Pauline Lester. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter Fourteen What Happened on Blue Monday. For the next ten minutes, the air was rent with the lusty voices of the sophomore chorus and the joyous cheers of their fans. No echoing song arose from freshman lips. The vanquished team had already betaken themselves to their quarters, but the sophomore players were holding an impromptu reception on the ground they had so hotly contested. Marjorie and Constance watched them eagerly. "'Go downstairs, girls, and join the hero-worshippers,' smiled Miss Archer. We will excuse you, won't we, Mrs. Dean? Yes, after the fervent manner in which they hung over the railing, it would be cruel to keep them with us, smiled Mrs. Dean. Let's find Jerry and Irma, said Marjorie, as they paused in the open doorway of the gymnasium. Hardly had she spoken when Jerry's unmistakable tones rose behind her. The stout girl was talking excitedly, a rising note of indignation in her voice. "'I tell you, I saw her push against Ellen Seymour,' she declared. "'You must have seen her too, Irma.' "'I thought so,' admitted Irma. "'But I wasn't sure.' "'Well, I was. "'Oh, girls, we were just going upstairs to find you.' Now that you're here, let's go into the gym and join the celebration. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad the sophomores won. Jerry ended with an emphatic wag of her head. Listen, Jerry, said Marjorie earnestly. You were talking so loudly when you were behind us that I couldn't help hearing you. Did it seem to you as though Mignon deliberately pushed against Ellen Seymour? I know she did, reiterated Jerry. I watched her, for she is always unfair and tricky. Anyone who has ever played on a team could tell. I am surprised that you... She stopped abruptly. I believe you saw her too. Confess, you did see her now, didn't you? Marjorie nodded. Now's your chance to get even with her. Let's go to Miss Archer and tell her, proposed the stout girl. She'll send for Ellen Seymour and then goodbye freshman basketball for a while. But what do you care? You aren't on the team any more. It wouldn't serve them right at that. Oh, no. Marjorie looked her horror at the bare idea of tail-bearing. Just as you say, shrugged Jerry. They were still standing just inside the door watching the sophomore team receiving congratulations when they beheld a familiar figure in a black gymnasium suit pause squarely in front of Ellen Seymour. They saw Ellen start angrily, then a confused murmur of voices arose and the circle of fans and players closed in about the two girls. "'What's happened?' demanded Jerry. "'Come on, girls.' She hurried toward the crowd, the three girls at her heels. 
even as they joined the throng they heard mignon declare in a tone freighted with malice you purposely pushed against me when we ran for the ball in our last play and nearly threw me off my feet you know that deliberate pushing striking or any kind of roughness is forbidden and you could be disqualified as a player i do not know where the referee's eyes were i am sure but i do know that you are not fit to be on a team and i can prove it by the other players of my team i shall certainly complain to miss archer about it the first thing monday morning all right i'll meet you in miss archer's office the first thing after chapel answered ellen coolly ignoring everything save the french girl's final threat come along girls she beckoned to the other members of her team who had listened in blank amazement to the bold accusation with her head held high a careless smile on her fine face ellen marched through the crowd which made way for her and across the gymnasium to the sophomore's room accompanied by her team isn't that a shame burst out jerry ellen will have an awful time to prove herself innocent she never touched mignon it was mignon who pushed her away i saw it with my own eyes and so did you marjorie say she looked blankly at marjorie do you suppose it's our duty to go to miss archer and tell her what we saw i don't know the words came doubtfully perhaps it will all blow over i hate to carry tales suppose we wait until monday and see mignon may change her mind even if she doesn't miss archer may not listen to her but if she should then we'll have to do it jerry it wouldn't be fair to ellen to keep still about it i heard miss archer tell mother monday that she would not tolerate the least bit of roughness in the girls games she knew of several schools where girls had been tripped or knocked down and seriously hurt she said that if any reports of rough playing were brought to her she would deal severely with the offender those were her very words all right we'll wait agreed jerry i'm not crazy about reporting even mignon ellen can take care of herself i guess so the matter was apparently settled for the time and the four girls strolled home discussing the various features of the game how did you like the game captain she asked saluting as an hour later she entered the living room where her mother sat reading very well indeed replied her mother laying down her magazine neither miss archer nor i understand all the fine points of the game but we manage to keep track of most of the plays by the way marjorie when you go to school on monday morning i wish you to take this magazine to miss archer it contains an article which i have marked for her it is quite in line with the discussion we had this afternoon i'll remember promised marjorie and when monday morning came she kept her word starting for school with the magazine under her arm i'll run up to miss archer's office with it after chapel she decided 
when the morning service was over marjorie returned to the study hall and obtained miss merton's grudging permission to execute her commission i wish to see miss archer she said shortly as marcia arnold looked up from her writing just long enough to cast a half insolent glance of inquiry in her direction you can't see her she's busy the colour flew to Marjorie's cheeks at the bold refusal. Her first impulse was to turn and walk away. She could see Miss Archer later. Then her natural independence asserted itself, and she determined to stand her ground at least long enough to discover whether or not Miss Archer were really too busy to be seen. Then I'll wait here until she is at liberty." Marcia frowned and seemed on the verge of further unpleasantness when the sound of a buzzer from the inner office sent her hurrying toward it. As she opened the door, Marjorie caught a fleeting glimpse of two persons. One was Miss Archer, her face set and stern, the other Mignon LaSalle, her black eyes blazing with satisfaction. "'Oh!' gasped marjorie remembering mignon's threat she is reporting poor ellen the door swung open again and a secretary glided past her and out into the corridor with the peculiar sliding gait that had caused jerry to liken her to a nice wriggly snake she is going to bring ellen here guessed marjorie Sure enough, within five minutes Marcia returned, followed by Ellen Seymour, whose pale, defiant face meant battle. Again the door of the inner office closed with a portending click. Marcia Arnold did not return to the outer office. Marjorie waited apprehensively, wondering if Ellen were holding her own. Then, to her utter amazement, the secretary appeared with a sulky, Miss Archer wants you, and returned to her desk. Good morning, Miss Dean, was the principal's grave salutation. I did not know until I asked Miss Arnold to go for you that you were in the outer office. I have been waiting to give you the magazine that mother promised you. She asked me to say to you that she had marked the article she wished you to read. Please thank your mother for me returned Miss Archer, her face relaxing. And thank you for bringing it. To return to why I sent for you. You understand the game of basketball, do you not? Yes, answered Marjorie simply. You have played on a team, inquired the principal. Yes. Did I not see you at practice with the freshmen shortly before the game? Marjorie coloured hotly. I made the team, but afterward was asked to resign because I did not play well enough. Who asked you to resign? The note was signed by the manager of the team. And is that the reason you stopped playing? broke in Ellen Seymour, with impulsive disregard for her surroundings. I might have known it. Then she whirled upon Mignon in a burst of indignation as scathing as it was unexpected. How contemptible you are! I haven't the least doubt that you are to blame for Miss Dean's leaving the team. 
you knew her to be a skilful player, and you were afraid she would outplay you. You know, too, that when we jumped for the ball Saturday, you purposely pushed me away from it, almost throwing me down. It didn't do you the least bit of good, and because you were spiteful, you have set out to disgrace me and put a stain on the sophomore's victory. How dare you! You are not telling the truth. Prove your charge against me, if you can, challenged Mignon with blazing eyes. It will be easier to prove than yours against me, flung back Ellen. Girls, this is disgraceful. Not another word. Miss Archer's tone of stern command had an immediate effect on the belligerents. Please pardon me, Miss Archer. There was a real contrition in Ellen's voice. I didn't mean to be so rude. I lost control of my temper. Mignon, however, made no apology. Her elfish eyes turned from Marjorie to Ellen with an expression of concentrated hate. Now, girls, began Miss Archer firmly, we are going to settle this difficulty here in my office before any one of you goes back to her classes. That is the reason I have sent for Miss Dean. When Miss LaSalle entered her complaint against you, Miss Seymour, I decided that you should have a chance to speak in your own behalf. No sooner were you brought face to face than one accused the other of treachery. From the front row of the gallery where I sat on the afternoon of the game, I could see every move of the players, but my eyes were not sufficiently trained to detect the roughness of which you accuse each other. Then I remembered that Miss Dean sat next to me, and that she was a seasoned player. So I sent for her to ask in your presence if she saw the alleged roughness on the part of either of you. There was a half-smothered exclamation of dismay from Marjorie. Ellen was regarding her in mute appeal. Mignon's lips curled back in a sneer. It was dreadful to remain under a cloud. I am waiting for you to speak, Miss Dean. Marjorie drew a long breath. Miss Seymour spoke the truth. I saw Miss LaSalle purposely push Miss Seymour away from the ball. Someone else saw her too, someone who sat on the other side of the gallery. Her tones carried unmistakable truth with them. It isn't true, it isn't true. Mignon's voice rose to an enraged shriek. She only says so because she wants to pay for me making her resign from the team. What did I tell you? asked Ellen Seymour triumphantly. She admits that she was responsible for that resignation. That will do, commanded Miss Archer, raising her hand. Ellen subsided meekly. Realising that she had said too much, Mignon quieted as suddenly as she had burst forth. Miss Dean, are you perfectly sure of what you say? questioned Miss Archer. I am quite sure, was the steady answer. A seemingly endless silence followed Marjorie's reply. The principal surveyed the trio searchingly. What girls comprised the freshman team? At last she put the question coldly to Mignon. 
The French girl sulkily named them. Miss Archer made note of their names. The principal then pressed the buzzer that summoned her secretary. "'Send these young women to me at once,' she directed, handing Marcia the slip of paper. Turning to the three girls before her, she said, "'Miss Seymour, you may go back to the study hall. Unless you hear from me further, you are exonerated from blame. I shall not need you either, Miss Dean. I am sorry that I was obliged to involve you in this affair, but I am glad that you were not afraid to tell the truth.' Marjorie turned to follow Ellen Seymour from the room when the door opened and the freshman basketball team filed in. For a brief instant the principal's attention was fixed upon the entering girls, and in that instant Mignon found the time to mutter in Marjorie's ear, "'I'll never forgive you for this, and you'll be sorry. Just wait and see if you're not.'" End of chapter 14 Recording by Ashley Jane